0: have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Luke's Gospel, chapter number 8. The book of Luke's Gospel, chapter number 8, here this evening. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 8. I want to read a few verses of Scripture, and I want to share with you tonight what I feel like that the Lord has laid on my heart for this season, for this service tonight, for all of you that are here at Harvest Time and all of those that are watching By way of social media tonight, I believe that this is the word of the Lord. I believe this is what the Lord is wanting me to share. This is what I feel like the Lord has placed in my heart for this evening. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 8. I want to read, I want to start at reading at verse 40. I want to read verse 40 and then I want to jump down to verse 49 and read on. So Luke chapter 8, begin reading at verse 40. And after we read verse 40, I'm going to jump down to verse number 49. The word of the Lord says, And so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him. For they were all waiting for him. Verse 41, Then behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet. And begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Let's jump down to verse 49. Verse 49 says, while he, was, while he was still speaking, talking about Jesus here. Someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. One translation says, Do not trouble the master. But when Jesus heard it, He answered him, saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. When He came into the house, He permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but He said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed Him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. And When the, her spirit returned, she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. I want to back up, because I want to focus really tonight on a statement that Jesus made to this ruler. The Bible says that that this ruler of the synagogue, this ruler comes to Jesus, falls down on his feet and asks him to come to my house, God, because my daughter, my only daughter is dying and I need you to heal her. In the midst of all that, another miracle takes place and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But in the process of all that word gets back to this man that says don't trouble the master, don't trouble the teacher because your daughter has died. But Jesus looks at this man and he has one simple statement. And that is don't be afraid, only believe. Amen. Thank God. Don't be afraid, only believe. And that's what I want to talk to you tonight about. Here in this house and on social media, I want to talk to you tonight on this thought. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, come before you here tonight, Lord God. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, right now. God, I know that there are those that are in this house and there are those that are watching by way of the internet tonight, Father, I'm asking right now that you would begin to speak to hearts and lives, that in this season, in this time right now, Lord God, that you that you would calm all fear in our lives, Lord. We understand that you are in control, Lord. We may not understand everything that's going on right now, but Father, you said that we do not need to be afraid. And Father, tonight, Lord, we ask you that you give us peace, that you would speak to us. We'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen, Amen. During his 1933 inaugural address, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, sought to claim a troubled America in the throes of depression by saying, there is nothing to fear, but fear itself. When we talk about fear Fear is a feeling of dread, it's a feeling of of alarm, it's a feeling of panic and anxiety. Fear can range from mild mild anxiety to outright panic attacks. The psychiatrist association has characterized a variety of phobias such as arachnophobia, claustrophobia, agoraphobia, Research indicates that we are really only born with two fears in our lives. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Psychology teaches us that all other fear is really learned behavior. And fear can take on many forms. Some of us fear success. Some of us will fear failure. Some of us at times can, feel, can fear rejection. Others will fear of disease. Some fear the future. Some have a fear of life after death. As a matter of fact, Jesus described fear in the last days in Luke chapter 21 and verse 26. and He said, in the last days, men's hearts would fail them because of fear. I think we could look around right now and we could see that all that is going on in the world right now, everything that is going on in our nation, and I think that if we're not careful, it is very easy for us to, to be gripped by fear in what is going on. But can I tell you, fear is one of the signs of the end times because Jesus said that in the last days, men's heart would fail them because of fear. Yeah. Fear takes on many, uh, fear also produces in our lives negative effects. Fear can paralyze us from decision making. A lot of the times, why the reason why sometimes we do not make decisions is because fear has gripped our lives. It immobilizes action. We're afraid of what other people may think if we take a certain action. Fear can hinder our prayer. If we fear, it will stop us from praying. Fear can limit our faith. Fear can also restrict our relationships. Fear lowers our productivity. It jeopardizes our health. And we, and we begin to lose our joy because of our faith, or because of our fear. Because of fear in Genesis chapter 3 verses 8 and 10 Adam and Eve hid from God. It was because of their fear that they covered themselves and they hid in the bushes. In Numbers chapter 14 verses 20 through 25 it was because of fear that Israel forfeited going into the land of promise. You know that story where they looked, where they they spied out the land and because there were those that were in the land that were giants that were giants in the land and they said that were grasshoppers in their sight and were grasshoppers even in our own sight and because of fear they forfeited being able Come to on. go into the promises that God had called for them Fear in Psalms chapter 78 and verse 9 Ephraim turned back in the day of battle and first Samuel chapter 17 verses 8 through 10 Saul's army fled from Goliath because they were fearful. And Judges chapter 7 and verse 3, Gideon lost 22,000 of his 32,000 fighting men because they were fearful. Because he looked at them and said that those of you that are afraid, go and turn back. And in one moment of time, 22,000 people turned around and went back home. In First Kings chapter 19 verses 3 and 5, because of fear, Elijah suffered depression and he wanted to To die. In Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3, Jonah ran from the call of God because. Of fear and Matthew chapter 25 and verse 24. The man with one talent w- because he was fearful, buried the talent and did not use that which God had given to him for the kingdom of God. And Mark chapter 4 and verse 38, as the disciples were on the boat, and Jesus told them, We are going to the other side. And he went back into the hinder part of the ship and he went to and he went to sleep when the storm arose fear came into their in so insomuch that they woke up Jesus and said master care is found not that we perish and in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 56 when Jesus had to go die on the cross for the sins of all mankind it was because of fear in the hearts of, their, of his disciples that they deserted him but and I look and I see what is going on in the world today when I turn on the news when I turn on social media and I see everything that is going on. When it seems like that every day. And I'm not trying to make this a message tonight. Uh, about, about the coronavirus. But it, but in seeing everything that is going on. And people trying to figure out what to do. It seems like that fear is gripping the world. But I want to tell everybody in this house tonight. I want to tell everybody that is watching my social media. This is what I hear the spirit of the Lord say. I hear the Lord say. Fear not only believe and you will see God move in your midst one more time amen that was the message that Jesus gave to this man named Jairus he looked at this man and he said fear not only believe don't be afraid it has been said that fear is the distance between man And God, I'm telling you, if you have fear in your life right now, if you're, a, 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 I'm not talking about. Listen, I'm not. Tr- I'm not talking about being cautious. I'm not talking about trying to. take, th- I'm not trying to. I'm not talking about using wisdom in the house here tonight. I'm not talking about those things. But I'm talking about a spirit of fear that seems like that it may have gripped the church, and it may have gripped people, and it may have gripped a nation. And I want to tell you, when we let a spirit of fear begin to creep in the inside of our lives, fear will create a barrier between us yes, in God. But I want to stop right here and what I want to tell everybody that is listening here tonight, I want to remind everybody that God has not given you a spirit of fear Amen. but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. 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 You see, it has been said that fear is the distance between a man and God. You see, Jarius was a devout man. He was upstanding in his community. He was the ruler of the synagogue, the Bible says. Synagogues developed after the Babylonian exile and they were ruled largely by the Pharisees while Sadducees were in the temple. So perhaps this man had heard Jesus speak. This is why he wanted. Why he fell down at the feet of Jesus because he, not only was he a devout man, but Jairus, he was a desperate man. What I have learned, and I'm trying to stick close to my notes, but I feel this wailing up inside of me. You that are watching my Facebook, you just kind of have to bear with me here for a minute. But see, he was a desperate man. And what I have learned is this is when desperate times start happening, people will start running to God. That's the reason why I am a firm believer that in this day and in this hour, right now, it is time for the church to. To stand up and yes be the church. Sir. Yes, sir. I, It doesn't matter to me if you want to do it on social media right now. It doesn't matter if you want to open your doors or whatever. I, I, I'm not here to I'm not here to argue about semantics right now. If you need, If you feel like you need to close your doors, close your doors. Because the door, the building is not Come the on. church we are the church of the living God and I believe that what is happening right now, I believe that God. I believe that desperation is sinking in, I believe that for too long we have sat by while the world has been bleeding and dying and I hear the Holy Spirit of God say, I've had to do something to shake the station, I've had to do something to shake this world and when people begin to get desperate when people begin to not understand what is going on, people serious yes. about the things of God yes, sir. you see Jairus was willing to transcend all his religious prejudice to the point of going to Jesus and I want to tell you tonight when it gets bad enough yeah. you'll come to God oh, no. right. oh yes. when it gets bad enough you will turn you will come to God See, not only was he a a devout man, not only was he a desperate man, but he was also a delusion man. In the middle of all this, he had a daughter that was dying. He had a daughter that was sick. He had a daughter that if something didn't happen, if God didn't show up and work a miracle, his daughter was going to die. And in the midst of all this, he gets word Your daughter is dead. And he's down. His faith is disappointed. His hope is gone. And I don't know, maybe you're here tonight or maybe you're watching by social media tonight and you're in that place where you say, "I've, I've asked God to do this for me. I've asked God To help me in this situation. I've asked God to move in my life. I've asked God to move in my church. But I just feel disappointed right now. I just feel, I feel like that my faith in you, God, has disappointed me. Have you ever been there before? I've been, and listen, I've been there before. There's been times in my own life. I've looked at God and I said, God, you've let me down. Oh, yeah. Woo. I know, I know. We. I, I, I like to be one of those preachers that say, you know, well, I've never said God's never let me down, but there's been times I have felt like that. That's happened to me. Yeah. There's been times in my life that I have felt like that. All hope is gone. Yes, sir. And I know that. In the season that we're in right now, it can seem like I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why everything's closing. I don't understand. I don't understand what, what's, what, what's going on in Europe right now. Is that, is that coming to America? Is that, is that going to happen here? What are they going to do in the midst of all of this? But I hear Jesus speaking four profound, life changing words to the church in the midst of all this. Fear not. Only believe. Yes. It is not the time to fear. Amen. Amen. It is the time to believe. Yes, amen. It is not the time to cower in a corner somewhere. Come on. Come it on. is the time to, for our faith to arise and be strong than it's ever been. It is not the time to bite our fingernails and to go into panic mode. It is time for us to stand up and say, I know and whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep me. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. And I should not fear. Yes, yes sir. Right. Fear not, Jesus is with you. Reminds me of the story of the little girl. Who was awakened by a loud burst of thunder and a flash of lightning while she was sleeping one night? She jumped out of bed and ran across the house to her parents' bedroom, flung the door open, and said, I want to sleep. I, get, I want to get in bed with you and dad, she told her mom. Her mom looked at her and said, Now, sweetheart, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just a storm. Now go back to bed. Nothing's gonna be able to harm you. And besides, you know Jesus is in there with you. Little girl thought for a moment and she said, Okay, well you go in there and sleep with Jesus. I'm gonna stay in here with daddy. (laughs) But I think what we need to understand here, what we need to understand here is that there's really nothing to be afraid of. Ah my goodness, I feel like preaching. There's really nothing to be afraid of right now. Amen. No. Because, as, as I just said, as his mom would say, it's just a storm. Right. And it can't hurt you. Right. And I want to tell somebody tonight who's either here in this house or watching my social media. It is just a storm. Glory yeah. to God. It can't hurt you. Thank you. It's just a season, and the last I checked, the season can't stop you, because Jesus is with you. Am I gonna? It makes me want to sing that song that I used to hear Charles Johnson sing when he said, "Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather." He's, he's standing by my side When I hear the thunder roll And He holds my hand When I begin to tremble When the winds of this world They're blowing strong And I know that the winds are blowing strong right now But I want to tell somebody in this house Jesus is with you And you don't have to be afraid right. Amen, Amen. Amen. You see what can we learn From this What can we learn from this. This one statement that Jesus says, Don't be afraid, fear not, only believe. First thing that we need to understand is this we need to accept the vitality of God's promises. Yes, sir. You see, it's at times that we focus more on the circumstances. Oh boy, yeah. Come on now. Than we do on God's promises. Amen. We focus more. On what is going on, then we do what God has already told us He was gonna do. That's right. That's what the disciples did. Jesus gave them a promise and said, We're going to the other side. Yes. But as soon as the storm started Breach, happening, they begin to look at the storm and look at the surroundings, yes. and because of that, they got fearful. And looking at your circumstances, looking at what is going on in our nation right now, it'll cause fear. Can I just stop right here? And can I just admonish people here at harvest time? And can I admonish people watching my by, by social media right now? Perhaps one of the best things that you can do right now is turn off the news. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Perhaps the best thing that you can do right now is turn off social media and and, and quit reading about everything that is going on in this world. Because if our eyes are not fixed on Jesus, I'm going to tell you, Washington's bailout plan can't save you. I tell you, going to Walmart and hoarding up all the toilet paper is not going to be able to save you. My hope is filled on... Less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. If I build on the rock of Jesus Christ, let the winds blow, let the storm come. I want to tell you, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Can somebody say amen? You see, Peter looked at the water when he tried to walk on it, and he sank when he took his eyes off Jesus. When we keep our mind focused on God and His promises that builds up our faith and that faith gives us perfect peace because Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible it says and He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee I tell people all the time. If you're not at peace. And there is fear in your life. It is because your mind is not on God. Amen. Because this is a promise. If your mind is on Him. It is a promise that He keeps you in peace. But when you begin to talk, think about the circumstances of your life. When you begin to think about what is going on, fear creeps in. It reminds me of an astronaut who was about to enter the spacecraft, and a news reporter shoves a microphone in his face and asks him, "says How do you feel about the mission you are about to take?" And the astronaut replied, "How would you feel, knowing that this spacecraft consists, consisted of 140,000 parts, each supplied by the lowest bidder?" Now that's the kind of anxiety we feel when we look only at the circumstances. But instead of looking at the circumstances, we ought to be looking at the promises. Because if we look at the promises of God as described in Scripture... We'll find out in 1 Kings 8 and 56 that His promises, they are unfailing. And when God makes a promise to you, they will not fail. Romans 4 and 21 will tell us that His promises are assured. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 will tell us that God's promises are grounded in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 1 and 4 tells us that God's promises are great and they are precious. 1 John 2 and 25 tells us That God's promises are everlasting. I want to tell you what we need to understand here in this house tonight. Is we need to get back to the promises of God. Turn off Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. Turn off Facebook, Instagram. Whatever that you need to turn off. Get your nose in the book. And begin to read the promises of God. Amen. Amen. D.L. Moody said one time. He said that he used to pray. For God to give him faith. How many has ever prayed that prayer before? I've prayed it. Lord, increase my faith. God, give me more faith. D.O. Moody used to preach that. And he, he said, and then one day he read Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 that said, Now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And he began to think, Neil Moody said, well, if my faith is going to increase, if my faith is going to build up, I need to get into the Word of God. And nothing, absolutely nothing. You hear me, Facebook. You hear me, those that are watching my social media right now. If you want your faith to be built up, you need to get in the book. Get in the Word of God. Begin to and Begin to get it only inside of you. It doesn't because listen. It doesn't matter what our favorite preacher says. Again, I want to tell you what we're experiencing right now that is going on in the world. If I had time to be able to talk to, if I had time to be able to talk to you more about what I feel like the Lord is showing me right now concerning what is going on, I want to tell you most, most, uh, most television ministers, most TV evangelists that you're that we're watching on television and that we had such great confidence in. I believe that they're beginning to understand that it is quite possibly that they've got it wrong all this time, and that God is getting ready to do something that we never ever expected, and that God is getting ready to, that God is getting ready to upset the apple cart, so to speak. And we need to understand it is not what somebody on TVN is saying, it is not what someone your favorite preacher is saying, it is what thus saith the Lord is getting ready to say. It. And my God, we need to get in line with the word of God. Amen. For all of you that are watching on social media tonight, if I dispersed your bubble, so be it. But I believe that God is realigning His people back to His Word. Not only do we need to look at the promises of God, but we need to understand that we need to be able to commit the outcome that is happening, that will happen to God. Let me just say this. This is not in my notes tonight, but I, but but I want to I want to share this because I think, and I'm just gonna i I'm gonna be honest with you and how I feel. There is a there is a meme that I have that I have seen on Facebook quite regularly. Usually, there's not a week that goes by that I don't see somebody on my feed posted that says something along the lines of. One day God is going to give you everything that you pray for. And when I read that, when I, when I read that, I, I, I kind of draw back a little bit, because what if God doesn't give you everything that you want? We have to learn to commit the outcome to God. But what fear does is that fear anticipates the worst possible outcome. Fear haunts us with the question, what if? What if I fail? What if my health fails? What if during this this Season that we're in in our nation right now. What if I lose my job? What if the economy goes sour? It has been said one time that fear can be defined as false expectations appearing real. But faith knows our lives are in the hands of God. And right now, in this season that we're in, we've got to answer the question, what if, with I know. Amen. Oh, amen. You I I hope you people on social media are saying amen right now. But that is a good that's a good place right now to say amen. amen. We need to answer the question, what if, with I know. Because Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that He is a- able. Remember the promise of God in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 27 that says, The eternal God is your, ref- is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting Arms, You've got to know something. It's when you don't know something. It's when fear starts to creep in. But I want to tell you, if you know something, you'll replace your what is with an I know. And the Bible is filled with examples of those who trusted the outcome of the crisis to God. Job and his suffering trusted the outcome to God. In Daniel chapter three, verses sixteen through eighteen, the three Hebrew boys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego facing death. Here's what I like about this. I, 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 man, I wish I had. I wish I had another hour to preach all of this. But what I like about them is this goes flies right in the face of the modern day word of faith movement because he stood up. They stood up and said, "We will not bow. We're not careful to answer you, King." We know that God is able. But then they said. But if not. Yeah. And most churches today. If we begin to say that. We would begin to say. They don't, don't, don't confess that. Don't say that. Sure. But they had a faith. That whether or not. If they had to be thrown into the fire. Because there was no. There was no. There was no. Uh, a. Semblance of them being rescued. In their mind and their hearts, they knew that they were getting ready to go into the fire. They knew that God was able to keep them. God was able to deliver them. God was able to protect them. But they even said, but if not, we just want you to know we're not going to bow. Right. They trusted the outcome right. to God. Yes, yes. Paul in prison in 2 Timothy chapter 4 trusted the outcome to God. The prayer. This is. What, I listen to this. and When you study Jewish history and Jewish traditional in Jewish uh, tradition, the prayer of Jewish children at night is this: "Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit." They quote that. And this is how Christ faced the cross. when he said, "Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. What or who or whom do you need to commit into the hands of God tonight? Pray, Father, into your hands. I commit it unto you. Father, into your hands. It may be my health. It may be my finances. It may be what is going on in our nation right now. But our prayer needs to be, Father, in your hands. I commit this to you. I can't hold it into my hands. Because if I hold it into my hands, I can't do anything about it. But I turn it over to you, God. Fill in the blank. We've got to commit the outcome to God. And finally, fear not. Only believe. When you do that, don't doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. See, here's the thing. I was just reading this several months ago. I was sitting in my recliner at the house and I was reading, I was studying, I was meditating on the Lord and my wife gets a kick out of this especially when I feel like God has revealed something to me and I kind of get all giddy and I can't wait. I'm like, "This, this this is awesome. But do you know that there are times that God will ordain you to walk through the darkness. I know, that, see, we think a lot of times that if we're in the dark, that is something satanic that is going on. But there are instances in the Bible that, that the darkness was actually God ordained. And we are not to doubt in the dark when it gets dark what God has shown us in the light. Jairus had to deal with divine delay. Because here's the thing. He goes to Jesus, falls down on his face, falls down at the feet of Jesus, begs him, Come and heal my daughter. And Jesus is on his way. And as he is going. A woman with an issue of blood. Gets her miracle. Before. Jairus' daughter. Could get it. There was a divine delay. Jesus stopped. On his way to Jesus' house to heal a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. And in that one moment, in that one moment, death comes to that house. And that little girl who was 12 years of age, my goodness, I, I wish I had time to talk about the significance Of the reason why that the woman had an issue of blood for 12 years and the little girl was 12 years of age. Because one generation had been sick for as long as the other one had been alive. Mm -hmm. You'll get that in a minute. But here's the thing delay happened. And we too have to learn to wait on the fulfillment. Of God's word to us. Fear at times can set in during the delay period between the promise given and the promise fulfilled. I want to share this because I feel like right now that the Holy Spirit would have me to share this. And then we're going to pray. I'm going to close here in about three to four minutes if the Lord will help me. Some of you have heard me share this. If you've heard me share this before, you're going to hear me share it again. For those that are watching on social media, you're going to hear me share this again. But I believe, I believe what we are experiencing right now is really the promise of God. Absolutely, amen. Let me explain to you why I believe that. Now, I'm not saying... I hear. you've got to understand me. Everybody watching on social media, please understand me real quick. I am not saying that I am speaking prophetically right now. I am very, very careful to say that thus saith the Lord those different types of things. I'm very, very careful of that. But, and what I feel like that God has, has shown me and spoken to me, this is what I truly believe is happening. I'll never forget it. Several months ago, it was last year, it was in 2019. We were... In service here at harvest time. The power of God was moving mightily, and I went. I I believed I preached that night, and after I got done preaching, I went and I sat down in the seat here up on the stage, and as soon as I did, it was like the Lord brought me into it was like a it was like a vision, an open vision. I sat down and I closed my eyes, and as soon as I closed my eyes, it was like the Lord took me. Into a vision. My family and I were standing on a beach. We were looking out over. We were looking out over the ocean. And as far as I could see. Down both. I, by the, both sides of the beach. Down the shoreline. There was multitudes of people. I mean it was. There were. It was shoulder to shoulder people and we're all looking out over out into the sea looking out like with anticipation like they were expecting something my family was there my wife and my kids were there other family members and my family were there i saw people that i knew i saw people that i didn't know in my dream I saw, I saw pastors and I saw evangelists. I saw ministers that if I were to call their name. You would know who they are. Very prominent ministers in our, in our religious circles. And we were all looking out over the beach. And all of a sudden. Out in the distance of the beach. There arose a wave. It was very, very high. It was, I, I've seen pictures of waves before, but I I've never seen anything this tall. And, and, and I knew that, and it was making its way towards the shoreline. And I knew Pastor Tony, I knew that if it, if it reached us, it was going to be, it was going to be devastation. Right. I knew that something was, I knew that something was going to happen. And I began to look in both directions down the shoreline, and I saw people begin to weep. But they weren't weeping because they were afraid. They were. It was. They They were. It, they were joyful tears. It was like they were expecting this to happen. They were excited and it it brought so much excitement to them that they just couldn't you've been so excited something has moved you so much in a good way that you you just just cry and that was what was going on but I looked at other people and they had a sense of fear I saw in the eyes of some of these prominent ministers fear in their eyes come on what was approaching and it began to move and immediately it was over and we, I was focusing back on what was happening here in the service I went home that night and I began to ask the Lord I said Lord what is this there's only been just a couple of times in my life that I really felt like that God has ever showed me a vision. I don't believe that every dream is of the Lord or every dream is of the devil, those different types of things. I believe sometimes you, you just eat too much pizza at night and you, know, and you begin to dream you know, dream and see some crazy things. But there's only just been just a couple of times, maybe two or three times at the most, that I really believe that God showed me something, that God gave me a vision or gave me a dream. And I begin to ask for, I Lord... What is this? What are you showing me? And the Lord spoke to me. I really believe the Lord spoke to me and said that what you saw. Was. The revival. In the correction. That is coming. And I said, well, Lord, can you explain to me then why? There were people on that beach, those that were rejoicing and those that were fearful. And this is what I feel like the Lord shared with me. He said, those that were rejoicing were the ones that were saying, this, this is what I've been praying for. I've been praying for God to move like this, yeah. And then I heard the Lord say, and those that are fearful, they're fearful because what is getting ready to take place is going to mess up everything that they thought ministry was all about. And isn't it something that in less less than a week's time, mega churches are closing their doors. No more extravagant ministries. And I don't say that to be prideful or boastful. No more extravagant ministries. No, no, longer, no longer can provide the things that we thought were needed for ministry. Mm-hmm. But now what's got to happen is now we've got to get down where the rubber meets the road and go, hey, do you know Jesus? Come along now. And if you don't know Jesus, a donut, and a cup of coffee. I can't offer you an extravagant children's ministry. I can't give you a laser light Mm show. I can't give you a fog machine. I can't give you a connection class. I can't give you a first-time visitor welcome. But what I can give you is I can give you Jesus. Because at the end of it all, that is all you really need to begin with. Yes. Amen. And I believe that what is happening here is that the church, as Pastor talked about Sunday, the remnant, has been praying, has been seeking, has been asking God, God, we need you for how long? He said listen, listen my children Listen my son, listen my daughter There were some things that I needed to get corrected My goodness, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now So give me just a moment to operate in this Because listen, there's some things that you've got to understand And I watched that prophecy or, or, uh, I believe it was the Monday morning as I was going to work I listened to that prophecy again And I felt the Spirit of God speak to me And say listen, there were some things that I needed to correct Listen, you got to understand what I was trying to do is I was trying to realign some things because I got a remnant, I got a people that have been hiding, that have been in hiding. Maybe they have been fearful and I needed to correct some things. And I'm saying you don't need to be afraid a day longer because I'm calling you out and I'm asking you to step forward from where you're at. It may have looked like a hopeless situation right now, but I watching on social media watching on Facebook I was asked right before service should we be worried and I said I'm not worried in the slightest I sit in I sit in the hair salon today because I'm gonna be honest with you I don't like I don't like going to the barber shop I like going somewhere where I can be pampered and so I went I went into the salon today and I was sitting I was sitting there listening to all those ladies chit-chat. And one of them asked me, they said, Are you aren't you even worried? And I said, Well, I said, I believe in I said, I believe in being careful, I believe in using caution. I said, and I'm not I said, I'm not trying to diminish anything that anybody else has done. But the Bible says, if the Lord is on my side. Who shall I fear? And who shall I be afraid? Amen. And I want to tell the church in St. Kentucky, and I want to tell the church watching my social media, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in torment. I tell you right now, the enemy would love for the church to go into hiding. The Lord, the enemy would love the church to just... they're doing and not reach anybody but right now. I believe God is getting ready to take the church back to an axe model. I believe that God is getting ready to take the church back to an axe. And that means if I got to meet in somebody's house to lead them to the Lord, I'll lead them to the Lord in their house. If I got to have a brush harbor out somewhere, out in the field somewhere, let's get some stumps and let's get some sticks and let's start a bonfire and let's lead somebody to Jesus. I want to tell you, because it's no longer about the four walls, it is about us going out into the highways and the hedges and to compel To come in. So don't you be afraid. Stand with me all over this house. I want to say tonight. Don't be afraid. Don't. Don't be afraid. Believe God. Yes. Let me share this and then we'll pray and then we'll try to close. I'll turn it over to Pastor. What I am reminded of, what I have been reminded of all day. In the book of Exodus, when God began to send the plagues and began to send the judgment upon Egypt and upon Pharaoh, There is one to shiny, there's one, you're laughing because I think you probably God's probably already been speaking this to you as well. There's one little verse of scripture that often sometimes can get overlooked. And it says this there was darkness. All over Egypt, but where the children of Israel were over in Goshen, there was light. Ah, you missed a good place to shout right there. Somebody on social media needs to say amen right now. You missed a good place to shout right there. There was darkness all over the land. light was over in Goshen. If we're not careful, it can be fearful times right now. But I believe that there's still light in Goshen. And in this evening, I want to challenge you. Don't be afraid. God's going to take care of his people. If he if he, I, I've learned this, if he has to cause a raven to fly my meal in every day, and I open up my front door, and there's a raven there with a T-bone stake in its beak. going Lord you've got to help me in these moments but we don't have to be afraid we don't have to live in fear so if you're here tonight and you're being gripped by fear you're being gripped by uncertainty let the fear stop right now and allow it and allow the peace of God to rule in your hearts. Let us pray. For those that are on social media. Pray with me. Heavenly Father. You, come before you here tonight Lord. Uh, we understand that right now. These are these are uncertain seasons that we're in. But we, God we know that you are in control. And all of it. We know Lord God. That you've had your hand in this. And Father I ask you Lord right now. If there's one here in this church tonight, or watching by, by by way of the internet, that fear has gripped their hearts, God realign their focus, realign, realign their their vision on you. Help us to look unto you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, of our faith. We thank you tonight. We're believing in you that you're going to take care of your church, and Father, we'll never cease. To the praise and the glory and the honor for it all in Jesus name we pray and the church says amen and amen can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight amen hallelujah